ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to OCA's Asia Town Voice. We're an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio, where I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. This hour-long program provides you with an inside look at the Asian American and Asian Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events going on in Northeast Ohio. OCA's Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, WJCU is doing their radiothon, and they're asking for donations. Just go to wjcu.org, and you can find all the information there. My name is Yen Tang, also known as DJ Bossy Lady. Bossy Bossy. <laughs> and that was our ghost host, Johnny Woo. And we call him the ghost host because he lets us use his equipment for recording, but he is really busy, so sometimes he'll disappear into the ethereal realm. But really, he's just doing other stuff around the studio and occasionally scares us by popping back on and saying a few words. Right. Like, we totally forget he's listening. <laughs> and our other host today is Lisa Wong, Madam President of OCA Cleveland. Hello, Lisa. Hi, everyone. And our special guests today are Margaret Lee and Arushi Prakash. So Margaret and Arushi, they are from Solon, Ohio, a suburb of Cleveland. And um, Margaret, why don't you tell us a little bit about your area of study? Because uh, you recently graduated from the Cleveland Institute of Arts. And traditionally, Asian Americans are not encouraged to go into the arts, especially if you watch the most recent episode of Fresh Off the Boat. So can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about your decision and um, what you're doing right now. Well, honestly, the reason why I decided to go down the art route was because um, ever since I was very little, I just remember being very passionate about um, improving my own artwork. And it's kind of been a lifestyle that I've developed my whole life. So I can't really imagine myself finding passion in anything else like I do in art. Um, and I looked at my options and I decided to pick um, an industry that's currently growing, which is the video game design industry. So decided so to hop awesome. on that. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so what about uh, the coursework? Was there a lot of programming involved? Um, for the Cleveland Institute of Art, they mainly focused on the art side of video game design, um, like how do you make 3D models, um, how to do concept work. But um, on the side, they also did teach us uh, visual programming with a very simple uh, software like Game Maker. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of eased us into uh, thinking about how uh, the program uh, programming language works and the logic. So mm -hmm. I, I was able to become more of like a jack of all trades kind of um, by going through this program. And your parents are very supportive of you, right? Yeah, they're pretty liberal. Um, they would have probably liked me going into sciences, but because that's what my little sister's job is. <laughs> you know, she's going, oh. she's majoring into, uh, you know, biology. So she's got that covered. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So uh, Arushi, you are also a painter, but you chose a slightly different field. You are into, um, I, I can't remember, cosmetology science? Is that uh, Cosmetic science. Yes, can it's you like, tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm a painter, but I'm actually more of a dabbler in the arts, where if I see something that seems like a really interesting hobby to me, I like to partake it and try it myself, because I think that everyone has the potential to do anything they want, as long as they put the practice and effort into it. So with the painting, I actually saw Margaret's paintings back in high school, and I got really inspired by them. So I, <laughs> so I like tried it out myself, and I practiced a lot. Um, regarding cosmetic science formulation and in design, it's basically a major where you get taught to make uh, personal care products, cosmetics, and a lot of color theory comes into play, which is where my uh, background in painting really helped out. Mm -hmm. um, so. I really enjoy that major just because it helps me blend sciences and arts together and formulate original products of my own that I can show to everyone. And so tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You two are friends. You've been friends for quite a while and you went to school together. Um, what do you what do you think of I guess this is a really difficult question to answer if you haven't really lived anywhere else. But what do you feel was most inspirational for you growing up in Cleveland? Um, I lived in Cincinnati for a bit, and um, I was actually born in Louisiana, and then I moved to Cincinnati. And compared to those two places, I find that Cleveland has a lot of, has a bigger cultural community than the other places I stayed at, basically. Mm. Um, 
but I don't think that's so in like the suburbial areas. I think that, <laughs> I think uh, downtown Cleveland does a really good job in promoting different ethnicities and having several events nowadays. But mm-hmm. um, Solon, there's never anything going on, and as well as other areas where most people live. I think so, Arushi, um, you've recently been making your own cosmetic products, and do you have an Etsy account where you're selling them? Um, currently, I'm working on setting that up. Uh, right now, I just take orders from like close friends, relatives, <laughs> <laughs> but one day I'll have that set up, hopefully. <laughs> That's really awesome. And then you're, you're currently employed in Cleveland, but you have opportunities calling from out of state. Is that correct? Yes. That's really oh, awesome. Hopefully I get those. <laughs> so, Margaret, you're currently uh, designing for a video game. Are you allowed to tell us a little bit about it, or is it like one of those top secret projects where you, you're not allowed <laughs> to tell us about it? <laughs> Well, I'm currently involved in one project right now that's kind of uh, NDA, you know, um, mm-hmm. but all the other stuff is kind of like the indie stuff that I take part in. And um, just recently, I just participated in the uh, 2017 Global Game Jam, and yeah. I was able to pull up, collab with a bunch of uh, local programmers, and it was really nice. Uh, it was a nice opportunity to network with people. So how did, did you, now, okay, let me, let me see. So th- was this kind of like a collaborative effort, or did they actually give out awards? Um, it was more like collaborative. Um, everybody got a chance to show off, you know, their games that they've been, you know, slaving over <laughs> working on for the past three days. And uh, and it was kind of just like a nice uh, community experience where we get to check out everybody's work and all the different types of design styles that people have and uh, all the different skill sets that they have. We There are a lot of musicians that show up, too, that make music mm-hmm. for everybody and then uh, programmers and then some people who are just interested in you know, game design, they, they didn't have too much experience, you know, before, but they're really enthusiastic about participating in a group. So it was a really nice experience. And you really get to learn how to uh, communicate with different types of people because, you know, artists have to speak a different language than programmers. So sometimes there's a little bit of a clash. <laughs> you just kind of so, get have to get over that uh, barrier. But, but yeah. are, are we going to be able to play these games that you guys made? Are they available anywhere oh, online? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the Global Game Jam website, they make it available for everyone. So our game was called Pulse Wave. <laughs> yeah, so if you decide to look it up. <laughs> so just Global Jam Game. Oh, sorry, GlobalGameJam.com. Or uh, I'm not exactly sure about their website. I usually just Google search them and then I find the homepage. But yeah, gotcha. if you look up Global Game Jam 2017, you should find it. <laughs> so Pulse Jam, can you tell us a bit about it? A uh, pulse wave? Yeah, it was oh, yeah, um, actually. <laughs> but um, it was a two D uh, side scrolling uh, uh, game where so the theme of this year's uh, games were was waves. So it could be like sound waves or like water waves, uh, the the gesture waving. But uh, mm-hmm. we decided to go with kind of like this energy pulse. Uh, where they come in waves, and you have to kind of ride your character on top of these energetic waves to to maneuver around the level. And uh, so it was really fun figuring out, you know, how the physics physics was going to work, um, how our two, how my two D animations was going to fall in line with, you know, the 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 programming and like the physics that the that the engineers have, you know, put together. So um, it was a great great learning experience. Huh. That actually sounds like a chapter in my book where these people ride airbursts around giant floating boulders. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Arushi. Um, what, what about you? I, I, so your screen name is Sushi and Gaming, and I, I can only figure <laughs> that those are two of your passions. <laughs> um, have you thought about doing any gaming projects with Margaret or just on your own? Um, actually, I have this uh, gaming channel I've been doing since I was like... Oh my god, really? Ninth, That's so awesome. Ninth grade. And um, I have, like, 990 subscribers on it, but I haven't posted anything in, like, seven months, unfortunately, because I've been really busy with, like, job hunting and stuff. But um, that was actually, like, my main name for a while. And uh, (laughs) Margaret actually helped animate a lot of stuff for for it. Like, she animated the trailer. Mm -hmm. Like, if you go onto the YouTube channel, SushiX Gaming, you'll see a little animation, and she did that. Um, but that's how where I learned to get a passion for video editing. Um, I really like playing video games, obviously, because <laughs> I've been doing it for so long. But um, I'm actually pretty proud of that uh, YouTube channel, and it helped me get involved with the community and express myself a lot. So, so what yeah. is this gaming channel called again? Sushi X Gaming. <laughs> okay. 
That's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been talking. I completely forgot. Lisa, do you have any questions for Margaret and Arushi? Um, I'm just listening. I think I looked up uh, the YouTube sushi explaining. <laughs> it's purple, right? And it's got this mermaid. Yeah, that's what she animated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. Um, wow. I didn't know there was such a big gaming uh, yeah, and thing going gaming on here. Yeah, gaming is actually pretty big on YouTube. There's like this phase where everyone wants to be a gamer on YouTube and yeah. just like play games and commentate because that's basically living the life, being able to play video games and make a <laughs> living. But I mostly <laughs> just did it because um, when you play games and then talk, you make a lot of friends. And I got mm -hmm. to make a lot of good connections in like the video game industry i wouldn't say industry but like i just got to make a lot of friends with people who are passionate about video games and who also make youtube videos so um i have one friend who does like podcasts on with game developers indie game developers so i get to meet a lot of those so it's pretty exciting <laughs> so you and margaret have your own k-pop cover dance group uh, pink soda can yeah. you tell us about that um, so uh, well, sort of was, oh, you can go. <laughs> there you go. I just talked. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the two of us, we really had an interest and, um, we, Arushi and I have a lot of common interests like K-pop dancing or just, you know, dancing in general. And, um, also, you know, the arts and, uh, you know, photography, cosplay. So we decided to kind of group up and uh, do a tag team thing where we can uh, upload our dance videos on YouTube. And then we also provide photography services for uh, cosplayers at different cons. And we thought we'd kind of, you know, merge our interests into one common thing that we can put our energy into. Oh, so Pink Soda is kind of like, it, you're, it's not just your group name, it's just, it's, you know, the photography side of it and the cosplay side of it as well. Right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's basically like, a place where we like just put all our interest into and hope like we just want to share what we're passionate about with people on YouTube. And I've been doing YouTube for a long time and I was really excited to get a second channel with like because with the gaming channel, you can't really share your other passions besides gaming. Right. So with Pink Soda, I'm able to share more of my artistic side mm -hmm. rather than just the video editing portion of it. So that makes yeah, it's so like a really nice sense. outlet for our hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you guys get into cosplay? I saw, I've seen your photos. I follow you guys on Instagram. You're Raven and, um, I'm sorry, not Raven. It was uh, Starfire and Dark. <laughs> okay, what are their names again? It was uh, the Starfire Titan ones. Sorry. <laughs> they were really awesome. So what got you into cosplay? Was it just something that naturally came up? Or, you know, did somebody inspire you? For me, like, Yaya Han is really inspiring. Like, how did you get into it? Oh, well, um, <laughs> you, you can go. Okay. Um, well, for, for different cosplays, we kind of get inspired by, uh, you know, the content that we see online. And, uh, you know, for the Teen Titans one, we were both just like, hey, we're kind of like these characters. We should cosplay as them. And we, we look <laughs> really similar to them. So it kind of works out. And uh, so we decided to, you know, try to make our own cosplays and it was a really nice experience because I think it was the first uh, group cosplay that we officially did as Pink Soda. Yeah, yeah. you guys look really cool. So Arushi, yeah. you were Starfire and Margaret, you were Darkfire? Uh, Blackfire. Blackfire. Yeah. Blackfire, <laughs> I knew that. Jesus Christ. I'm like, all my words are crossing today. <laughs> so um, what, what else do you guys do in, well, are you a part of the Cleveland artistic community? Like, do you go to regular meetups? Um, I know there's like uh, different schools that have evening sketch parties. I know Margaret probably doesn't have time, but do you guys participate in anything else? Um, well, we are part of the Yin Tang Dance Company. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no, there's a ghost host. He popped up. <laughs> I heard him laughing. So, well, we, yes, we're pretty involved in that that end because uh, we get to do a lot of cool things around Cleveland. Being part of that, which is why I really appreciate joining. Aww. well, thank uh, you. You're welcome. I guess I do take up the rest of your free time, don't I? <laughs> I mean, in, in a good way. It's good to be involved. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also a really nice workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if anything, then that's it. That. Um, all right. It looks like we'll take a break a little bit earlier than usual. When we come back, Lisa, do you have a brief list of upcoming events? Uh, we have a few, I think.
Okay. Yes. And then we'll talk a little bit with Arushi and Margaret on what they think Cleveland can benefit from in terms of increasing arts for minorities and Asian Americans. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you in a couple minutes.
gentlemen, we are back with OCA's Asia Town Voice, an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We're currently doing our radiothon, so please visit wjcu.org and please donate and help support this nonprofit program. Asia Town Voice is on air every Sunday for one hour at 7 p.m. We provide you with an inside look at the Asian American and Pacific Islander Americans community, culture, education, and events in Northeast Ohio. OCA's Asia Town Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Yin Tang, also known as DJ Bossy Lady. Bossy Bossy. And that was Johnny Wu, our ghost host, who disappears from time to time and then randomly pops on and says something and scares us. Right, Johnny? Yes. <laughs> and also hosting is Lisa Wong, Madam President of OCA Cleveland. Hello, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Back again. And Margaret, okay. Margaret Lee and Arushi Prakash are our special guests today, and we are talking about the Cleveland artistic community. But before we get back into interviewing them, Lisa, do you have an update with some upcoming events? Well, um, we are still in um, the Lunar New Year, the tail end of it, so there are still some events going on in Cleveland, Ohio, or Northeast Ohio, I should say. Um, if you go to our website, ocagc.org, and look under the calendar of events under the Lunar New Year stuff, and you'll see it's in uh, chronological order, so you'll have to go down, scroll down some, because there's a... Um, some things have already passed, but we still list them so that you know how many events there are in Cleveland that celebrate the Lunar New Year. Um, so this weekend, I think, well, a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let's see, I think most of the things are done. I, the 19th, Sunday the 19th, or next weekend, are we skipping? I, mean, I skipped a week. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> this week is already... Well, okay. So Friday, the 17th, actually, that's going to be in Cincinnati. So they're having a um, chamber, their Chinese chamber conference, having an event, um, like a fundraiser. So it's a ticket event. You can go online and look at that. I know that Cleveland is going to have a Chinese um, chamber commerce. Yes, they're going to have a meeting in February 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. So it is free. You just have to RSVP. Um, and we do have information on our Facebook page post. We'll try to, um, we need a different calendar besides Lunar New Year <laughs> on our website. But <laughs> well, what about um, the, we'll post, yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to ask well, about the data days in Cleveland, the uh, public workshop by Cleveland civic tech. Yes. Yeah. Um, so th- go ahead, Lisa. No, it's March 2nd and through the 4th. It's called Data Days Cleveland, CLE, uh, by mm-hmm. Cleveland Tech, Civic Tech and Open Data. Collaborative, mm-hmm. I think yes. Johnny. 
Yes, uh, it's a three days event. Uh, Thursday is full day. You actually learn a lot about data, civic engagement with data and technology, uh, free lunch. And then Thursday and then Friday, you have a meet with uh, one of the guest speaker from um, DC. Um, he is going to be, he was one of the, uh, uh, I, the, all the detailed information, I don't have it correct right now in front of me. So I can, I just trying to guess, guess it out. Uh, a morning forum. This is Friday. Friday is a morning forum with Anish Chopra, a president of NAF Health Alter Innovative State and the first chief technology officer for the United States of America, appointed by President Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. So that's also a free event. And then Saturday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., another full day. It's called the Unconference event. So all three events are free. Um, so it, you can go to data com to get your free ticket. If you participate all three, I think there's some kind of a raffle for, for anyone who participated for free, you know, all three events. I'm not sure. Awesome. Part yet. So it's a cool event. So check it out. All right. So Lisa, you got anything else? Well, we also do have more Lunar New Year events. So on the 19th, there are several different lion dances um, throughout Cleveland for the from the Quan Family Lion Dance. Um, I think they have a show at 12.30 at uh, Dragon Gate, 2 p.m. at Imperial Dragon, 3.30 at Golden Dragon, and then 6.30 at Imperial Dragon. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, but George is not that's one day. <laughs> and then on... February the 25th at 12 noon, Yin Tang dance at the Carte Vanier Parade and Festival. Oh, that's right. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'll probably wear yes. my red dress and spend the entire time and be I'll, really dizzy at the I'll, end. I'll be there too, but you're just not going to be able to see me. <laughs> well, are you going to be one of the he... Toronto? Are you going to be Pikachu? Yeah, I'll be Pikachu. Yay! <laughs> you going to be warm and toasty inside a costume. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty. So yeah. Oh, sorry. Did you have another event? <laughs> well, I mean, no. I was just going to talk more about the parade because I think the events are several day, the festival, and I think there's a TARDIS that's going to be at this parade. I just heard. Actually, no. No. Uh, w- no. Because of safety, we don't have a flatbed available for the TARDIS. Oh. Oh, will it be at the festival? No, it's uh, too okay. crowded. So. <laughs> <laughs> But we hear there's going to be lots of fun, lots of food, entertainment, um, and just uh, lots going on. So that's a great day to celebrate. And we'll have more um, next week for events. Sounds great. Okay. So I wanted to turn the conversation back to Arushi and Margaret and ask how they feel about support for artists in Cleveland. Like, do you really feel like there's a community there or do you feel like it's something that the city can improve upon? As far as the arts goes, I think that uh, Cleveland has a pretty good focus on it. Um, but And for, for minority groups, um, I feel that uh, maybe that, well, well, I've seen that they have a lot of real, uh, really good exhibits for like parades and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They're pretty well-rounded from what I've seen. Um, I don't know if you know the parade I'm talking about. It's like the art parade that takes place around University Circle. Parade the Circle? Parade the Circle, that one? Uh, yeah, 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 that one. Oh, yeah. With all the costumes. I yeah, almost yeah. got heat stroke there last year, though. So <laughs> yeah, it was I might pretty skip hot. this year. It was really hot. <laughs> yeah. So that, that is true. Those are all community members, and they all make their own props, and that is really fascinating. Um, but we're talking about, like, nonprofits or, you know, a, a place online, like a, a community board for artists to help find employment. Do you feel like it's adequate here? And do you have any good stories to tell from your experience? Because hmm. well, I mean, uh, your, your professors support you, right? Oh yes, of course. Um, my our, my professors at the university were pretty. Uh, um, they were uh, uh, had a lot of on-site experience, so it was really good uh, knowledge that they gave us, and um, also some uh, good practical knowledge to know. And then um, on top of that, uh, from what I've learned. Uh, is that there's in the Asian community, there's a lot of uh, families looking for like art private tutors. So mm-hmm. that's kind of um, what I do around Solon um, on top of my, you know, freelance art and then the Pink Soda channel. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I found that like a lot of the Asian families, they do want their uh, children to become uh, pretty well-rounded with the arts. So um, 
I kind of go around and help them with like drawing tutoring and stuff like that. Um, but do that's like the demand that I've seen in the Solon area. Do you see that there is a changing attitude where art isn't just like a supplement for, you know, improving their personality or giving them, you know, an outlet to help distress? Do you see a lot of parents actually actively embracing their children to become artists? Um, yeah, that- it depends on the parents, but most of the time it's more kind of like a casual, you know, I, I want them to improve on their artistic skills to become more well-rounded as a person. Um mm-hmm. Really, I find that uh, if the if the student themselves are really passionate, then the the parents are encouraging oh. of that. That's really good to hear. I mean, <laughs> I, it was really funny because I was actually prepping for this interview and I was doing dishes and watching Fresh Off the Boat, and it was about <laughs> Jessica's sister going to art school, and she's like, "You would have been better off as a drug addict." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> oh <man>. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind yeah, of the I, older I, generation sentiment. Yeah, I find that like when growing up, I felt a lot of the pressures because I wasn't, you know, on honor roll every year and, and I wasn't getting straight A's or, you know, applying for any, you know, huge, uh, you know, white collar jobs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I think that with my parents, I was fortunate where they were, you know, they saw that I had a lot of passion that I was willing to put in the hard work for it. So they encouraged it. And that's really awesome. You got into the Cleveland Institute of Art and graduated. It's not really easy. (laughs) Right. It's pretty pretty stressful. (laughs) So what about you, Arushi? Um, You said that you were inspired by Margaret, but uh, it sounds like your parents were really supportive of you as well. I mean, they come to your performances. They're there. They just have this, they have a lot of love going around. Tell us about your experiences with going to school and how you selected your major um, and if you feel like there is adequate support with, because I still think, you know, cosmological sciences is kind of bordering on the artistic side. If you see there's a lot of support for that here in Cleveland. Um, actually, my parents really wanted me to go to a science field. And oh. that's, uh, <laughs> cosmetic, they're really supportive. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, they mm-hmm. love the fact that I'm artistic and that I try new things. And it does, I believe that arts do well around an individual. And um it's hard to see anyone who would deny that, I think. But uh, uh, they basically, cosmetic science is part of the PharmD major. It's like part of the pharmacy school because it is a lot of chemistry background and biology. And I was originally in the PharmD program, but then they saw I didn't have a passion for it. And I wasn't getting the grades probably because of my lack of passion. So then they (laughs) let me switch to cosmetic science. And I think as a parent, as Margaret said, if they see that the kid has a passion in something, they're more supportive of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really like my major right now. Uh, Regarding whether um, there's enough opportunities, um, I would say I don't think there's as much demand nowadays for artists um, as there are in science fields. I I think there could be more support towards artists personally, just because um, mm-hmm. I feel like um, artists are very underrated because it's it, it's a skill that takes years to perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I just think that there should be more opportunities for them. Cleveland, I think, does it pretty well. There's a lot of opportunities here, but in other locations, I feel like it could use improvement. Okay. So I'm not you, sure if I said that properly. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand exactly what you're saying. That was, uh, I actually had a conversation with um, uh, another member, um, Sue Yen, she's on the volunteer committee with the Cleveland Asian Festival about, you know, what Cleveland can do about providing at least a, a place for artists to congregate, at least Asian American artists, because there's, and not now as much now, but traditionally there's such a stigma for the Asian community towards artists. They're like, oh, you know, they're not really doing anything serious. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, I know what you mean. Like, form to like be able to, like, it takes a lot of skill to be able to practice something and like perfect it mm-hmm. and be serious in what they do. I just think if there was more places where artists could come together and collaborate with each other and form mm-hmm. things on their own, um, rather right. than working for a company, I think that would be more beneficial if there's like some sort of platform where artists could talk to each other and pitch in ideas and like get other people that want to work with them. So I, I think that Margaret's field is a perfect example. It's like artists, they had to adapt and to create products because, you know, we are a free market economy. So it's like you can't have pure art anymore because we're no longer the Renaissance period where you're painting 
Whereas, you know, paintings back then, they kind of took the place of television. Now it's like we have to adapt to technology and new mediums. And right. and I, I think I personally don't feel like there's enough of that here in Cleveland. Um, it's, it's a huge there's huge competition in other cities that are bigger, but, um, but oh, actually I'm looking at the time. Margaret, did you have to go? Oh, I think she might um, have already. Actually, I'm good. Oh. You're good? <laughs> <laughs> good. But, um, but yeah, she's I mean, do you agree with me? She's taking your job. I guess. <laughs> um, do you girls agree that perhaps, you know, Cleveland could do more, but they're facing a lot of competition with other cities, let's say in California or even East Coast, where they where you know the artists with the bigger names congregate and can help more for younger developing artists. I think right now, like artists um, are feeling a bit like uh, there's more opportunities like going online and posting to like the national, like basically you can post to the entire world versus just Cleveland because there's not that many um, opportunities available here. So I think most artists would resort to just posting on YouTube, Reddit, or like <laughs> any other board uh, versus wasting their time, like trying to talk to people here. But if there was a board here where like artists could collaborate, I feel like people would prefer that because everyone's so close by. Yeah. I mean, um, Margaret went to the uh, something game jam, global game jam. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good beat up yeah. thing. I'm surprised. <laughs> That is. I mean, if there was, you know, an event for Asian artists, would you be interested in attending? Um, I'm not thinking about, like, you know, to be a vendor or whatnot, even though that is also a possibility, but a place kind of like a gallery that's there for two, three months where you can go every weekend and mingle and have other, you know, possible business prospects, like people who are looking for designers or artists to find you there. Would that be something you think would help? I think that would be. Um because uh, right now, I feel like it's more like the artists are seeking, you know, for exposure. And mm -hmm. it's not really in a ready available location. Like for Solon, most of the times I, for like arts events and stuff, like Ingenuity Fest that I want to just like visit, I have to go all the way, you know, drive 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, with, with, this, with, with Solon, they still have their center of the arts, but I feel like there aren't that many artist, like, art centered events that occur. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Just in general. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I know. My friend used to own an art gallery at Lawforks off of Payne Avenue, East 40th. And she actually went to the Cleveland Institute of Art. I can't remember what she studied, but, you know, her main source of income is actually working at the Museum of Natural History. And she ran the gallery for a while. And it was just, it was, it, it sounded, she didn't say this, but it sounded to me as if it was kind of exhausting her because there just wasn't that much of a demand for it. And I know that in downtown Cleveland, there's lots of art galleries, all different kinds of art. Mm -hmm. um, but I personally really liked hers and because she went, <laughs> believe it or not, she, she had an exhibit where there was like video game inspired art and Aaron and I actually bought like three pieces. <laughs> there was a Dig <laughs> Dug sculpture done by um, Benjamin something, I can't, or Alex Benjamin I don't remember but he, there was like this dig dug art that was really awesome and then I got him like this Mario samurai fighting like this uh Bowser <laughs> he looked like a demon like a demon Bowser and then we got like oh actually Ooh. we got four pieces of work and then there was this really nice painting of Boo and it was just I really like the colors I will show you guys sometimes and then there was a Metroid <laughs> painted on old record and it was so cool we framed it so um oh, that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, it's really old school. It was like uh, it was, eight, I think it was eight bit too. I haven't looked at it in a while. So, um, but let's say if you two had the resources to create in our community, and this is just theoretically out there, what would you focus on? Like, what is most important to you to help develop yourself as business people and as artists in Cleveland? I think uh, rather than developing. Um, a place for like a specific artist I'd rather have a meetup place where you could like meet different <laughs> connections of different groups of people like maybe a coffee shop where certain days could be a meetup for different uh, people that want to meet up sort mm -hmm. per se uh, it's hard to explain but a good example would be like there's this board game cafe uh, board game like bar cafe in Lakewood where they have days where if you if you want to just learn how to play and make friends, you can be matched up with new people and just play games with them. And it's mm -hmm. a great way to meet like meet people. I think events like that where you can just go and meet people with a certain niche would be 
pretty cool. And that's what the Cleveland Game Devs does for their uh, game jam uh, meetups and stuff as well, and just to network. Um, so I think that's like a kind of a good model to go by. Yeah. Somewhere mm-hmm. where like you know what uh, like niche you're gonna be at and like what type of people you're gonna meet, and you can just go like. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. You know, to find your, your kind of people. The, the yeah, people that basically. you get along with and to help each other. Um, do you think the Cleveland Asian Festival could have possibly an, a section that would help artists? I know that um, last year we had a woman who did Indonesian batik dyeing. Um, her name was Men- Wendy Mahone, and she worked with, it was one of the, uh, some Cleveland art program. And even though it wasn't really a stage performance art, she came and did like a hands-on demonstration on a stage. And there, there was a lot of fascination. Like people were allowed to go on stage and literally watch her do this dyeing process. Do you think the Cleveland Asian Festival could do more of that? And do you think there would be an interest from local Asian artists to join and participate in doing demonstrations? I think, I think that's a really neat idea. Um, yeah. Sorry, it was a really long question. <laughs> um Um, what would you like to see though i mean of course we were doing the more traditional arts but you know there's been some consensus it's like yeah the cleveland Asian festival is really cool and we get to see a lot of tradition and culture but how do they actually do more to include the actual asian american community um to do arts now and to show you know asian influence arts nowadays um, I really like how last Cleveland Asian Festival we had the K-pop um, where everyone, if you know the song, you would go up and dance. Because based on that, I saw that there was a huge K-pop community in Cleveland, which I didn't see before. And a lot of people made friends with each other based on that. So I, those type of events I thought were really cool where people could just get up on stage with people they know and then do something that they like with them. So it's like, it's like a K-pop meetup almost. <laughs> yeah, it was like a K-pop meetup that like you get anime conventions and stuff. It was pretty nice. Hmm. Okay, uh, Margaret, any opinion? On uh, one thing that I see at a lot of our uh, events and stuff is that they'll have kind of like a, a huge canvas or like some type of board set up where anybody who wants to contribute to, you know, the board, they, they can. And you see a lot of cool, creative things happening from it. I feel mm-hmm. like that um, since the traditional arts are really focused on at the Asian festival already that maybe some more contemporary contemporary uh, pieces like maybe installation artwork that uh, mm-hmm. artists like doing um, especially like uh, the uh, Asian community if there, if there are any installation artists out there like they could totally you know contribute and I feel like it'd bring a lot of uh, a, like a bigger scope to what the uh, art community is like in the Asian community. Okay speaking from just an amateur point of view can you explain um, what that means, installation artist? Could you explain more about what that is for people who don't so know, like me? Installation pieces uh, provide kind of more of an interactive experience for the viewer in most cases. Um, so it's not like your traditional, uh, you know, 2D piece. You might have like uh, lights set up that react to different ways that you move uh, your hand, you know, or, uh, you know, just it's very experimental in getting different types of stimuli and responses from the audience. It's kind of like a good way to communicate uh, messages in a different way other than just visually when you see like a painting or drawing. I do remember one year at Ingenuity, they had this light um, sculpture and depending on what number you text or what code you text a certain number, it'll change to that color. And that was really cool. I don't know how they did that. It was like a four digit um, code to a four digit number. Right. I unfortunately missed it this year, but yeah, there at Ingenuity Fest, I think there are a lot of good examples of what uh, types of installation pieces you know that you could have set up in a in an area. Um, I went to the 2016 or 2015 one that was pretty uh, pretty involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, on a personal question, do you girls want to perform at Ingenuity Fest? Because we used to, and then it would always be really close to um, some other events, and so we stopped applying to go. Yeah, sounds like fun. I'm open to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's like all the way in the fall, so we have like a half a year to decide. And I know you girls are busy, too. Um, and we, I actually got two audition videos, so I think I'm going to have to be focused on training new dancers. So <laughs> even though they're really early, the deadline's like Memorial Day. They have like four months. I was really impressed. They were just excited. So, they are, and I'm really excited <laughs> for them. 
Um, but I mean, Lisa, do you think we could do something simple? Uh, you know, it, it's a really generic idea, but we, I did see this at Ingenuity last year too, where you just have this banner and it's just, you know, doodle paper and you just have paints out and people can write little notes on there. Do you think we can do something like that, Lisa? I was thinking about why they were talking about, like, say, gaming. I know, like, like say, WizardCon, they had this area of just tables and people, I don't know if people brought their own games and people oh, would yeah, just meet yeah, up and just play, play games. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I know. so cool. Yeah, because I know that we do, well, we do, we have chess and we also have uh, the Cleveland <laughs> Go Club where, you know, it's, Go is like this Chinese chess that has many different names depending on which Asian culture you're from. So, I mean, the Go Club, they teach the game of Go, um, and they're willing to play with anyone or teach anyone who comes by. But we could set up a couple of tables, maybe one or two, um, designated for either other kind of gaming. If someone was to be in, if a group was to be in charge of that table just to maintain it or just to welcome people. Actually, or, Juan, you know, on, uh, you know, who's working with Wayne on the um, uh, activities committee, she actually uh-huh. mentioned doing a Magic the Gathering or Pokemon meetup at the Cleveland Asian Festival. And I volunteer that Aaron has these three Tupperware full of Magic the Gathering cards that he no longer uses, and we would be more than happy to donate them. But I don't know how to play Magic, and Aaron's going to be busy at the stages, so we will need somebody to oversee the Magic Gathering if it happens at CAF. And the other thing was that Magic the Gathering is not an Asian game, so it would have to be something like Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be really cool. I think there would be a lot of interest, and then as long as someone can teach new people... Mm-hmm. And be able to draw people who currently know how to play. Just uh, whether it's a meetup group or another group, if they're willing to, you know, you know, run it, you know, let us know. Yeah. You know? So that is a lot of ideas to work on. Um, <laughs> well, we happen uh, to have a are... meeting tomorrow, so we can discuss all these ideas. You mean we do? Yeah. <laughs> Marketing, well, we have right? a <laughs> no CF yeah, no. meeting. But the activities um, committee, they have been talking about um, options. So I think it maybe it's something to present the to the activities committee. But I think, I mean, they would have to have a group that's in charge of it or at least mm-hmm. one person. Because right, and that has always been the struggle. Um, yeah. But I if, think if that a, with, with the... If you can find a gaming or, group. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, we can reach out to them. There's there's quite, quite a few gaming groups in Northeast Ohio. It's just they it would have to be Asian games in particular. But I think it's manageable. Um, we are nearing the top of our hour, so we are going to have to end this interview. I want to thank Arushi and Margaret for their ideas and to come sharing their stories with us on Asia Town Voice. And I want to thank you, the listener, to tuning into WJCU. And please don't forget, we are currently doing Radiothon. So WJCU can use your support. Please go to WJCU.org and please donate and help keep these shows going so we can bring our culture to you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Arushi, Margaret, thank you so much for being our guest today. And we'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you.